Hello and welcome to Monsters, Maniacs, and More, a web podcast showcasing original stories from aspiring author Alan V. Morrow. Here you will find all kinds of tales from the creative and sometimes twisted mind of the author. If you have any comments or questions, you can contact the author at alan.morrow at mail.com. That's A-L-L-A-N dot M-A-R-O, all lowercase, at M-A-I-L dot com. When I was in high school, I was often bullied by several other students, probably because I wasn't a very social kind of guy. I'm sure you all know what I'm talking about. Every school has them. The jocks who relentlessly torment anybody smaller than them, the pompous cheerleader who thinks she's God's gift to the world and that all the boys should be kissing the ground she walks on. Sometimes even the teachers are just as bad, if not worse. The main character in this story is a composition of all the jerks and a-holes that I had the misfortune to know during those hard years. I've always believed that there's a special place in hell for people like them, and that's precisely where our story takes place. So sit back, relax, and enjoy, as I present a little story that I like to call, Perdition University. I was never really raised to believe in heaven or hell, so I never thought about it until I ended up in the latter. How did I get here? I guess you could say it started on my first day of high school. I was sort of a shrimpy kid and kind of awkward, which of course meant I pretty much had a giant target on my back to be constantly bullied and harassed. Worst of all were the seniors. You know, the older kids would think that because it's their last year of school, that gives them a free pass to be total douchebags to everybody. The ironic thing is that while I was basically tortured throughout my whole freshman year, I ended up becoming just like them. I had a growth spurt over the summer leading up to my sophomore year, and I suddenly found myself as a six-foot wall of muscle. Needless to say, when my former tormentors got a look at me, they immediately left me alone. Sure, I could have turned the other cheek. But a big part of me wanted to see them get what was coming to them. So for the next three years, they were the ones being shoved into lockers and getting beaten to a pulp. Yes, I got detention more than a few times, and I was even threatened to be expelled. But they never actually went through with it. Probably because I was the best football player in the school. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention. I joined the football team as a quarterback and ended up winning the state finals for our school, which got me a scholarship to college. I even became head of the top fraternity on campus. I could hardly believe that I had gone from a wimpy nerd to the head honcho of the school, but like I said, I ended up becoming just like, if not worse than, the ones who bullied me all those years ago. Why? I guess you could say that I realized that the bigger, more popular kids tormenting the smaller, geeky ones is just the natural order of things in any school, just like in nature and the food chain. And since I had gone from the latter to the former, I was obligated to continue the cycle. Yep, those were the best years of my life. But as fate would have it, they were also the last. One night I was walking back to the frat house after an off-campus party, when out of nowhere I get hit by a drunk driver. And just like that, my life was over. Like I said before, I never really believed in the afterlife, so imagine my surprise when I found myself suddenly enrolled in Perdition University. Upon arriving here, I realized two things, the first being, obviously, heaven and hell really do exist. And second, hell loves irony, because the instant I set foot in the school, I was suddenly the one on the bottom of the social ladder. And before you ask, no, I'm not the only damned soul here. There are plenty of others that are condemned to spend eternity alongside me here. 
The guys are mostly jocks and bruisers like I was, but here they're treated like they were nerds by the much stronger and far more sadistic demon students. Then there's the girls who were basically all the spoiled head cheerleader type in life. Now they're mocked and relentlessly tormented by the demon girls here. Like I said, hell loves irony. Being dead, we don't require food or sleep, so our day here is pretty much an endless loop. Constantly moving from class to class, then starting all over again. If you thought the students sounded bad, wait until you meet the staff. Right now I'm sitting in Mrs. Sibyl's class, a female demon, and she's scratching out today's lesson on the board with her long, sharp fingernails. With each stroke, a sharp, shrill screech pierces the silence and makes everybody in the room flinch or cover their ears. When Mrs. Abil turns to face us, we see that she has written on the board Sin and Punishment 101. Every single one of you has committed in one form or another a sin for which you were not forgiven, she says. Now I'm sure you all have some kind of excuse as to why you did what you did, but I'm here to tell you that it doesn't matter. She pointed to a girl sitting in the front row. You, come up here and state your name and why you are here. The girl, a blonde that looked around seventeen, stood up and faced the class. My name is Cindy, and I don't know why I'm here. I never did anything wrong in my life. Mrs. Abil rolled her eyes as though she had heard this a thousand times before, which, to be honest, she probably has. Really, she says, so you don't remember how you bullied the less popular girls when you were alive? How you targeted one girl, a certain Joanna Smith in particular? How you mocked her for her acne and braces and drove her to drown herself? Cindy had no response that could only cross her arms and pout. It's not like anybody cared about her anyway. Mrs. Abil chuckled. You mortals, always thinking someone else is to blame. I suppose I should thank you. If your kind wasn't so arrogant and prideful, I wouldn't have this job. Mrs. Abil snapped her fingers and Cindy's entire body burst into flames. She ran around the room screaming like a banshee as the fire roasted her. Eventually she collapsed on the floor and the flames continued to burn away her body until the only thing that remained of her was a black mark on the floor. Nobody else in the room so much as batted an eyebrow. This sort of thing happened all the time here, and we all knew that her body would manifest itself again in an hour or two, ready for more punishment. Next up was another girl, an enormously fat redhead. She waddled up to the front of the class and said, My name is Janet, and when I was alive I was the hottest girl in my school. All the boys would flock to me like birds, and I could have had any one of them that I wanted. So what happened? said Mrs. Abil, though something tells me she already knew the answer. Janet began to cry and half sobbed the rest of her story. There was this fat girl in my class, and I would always tease her about her weight. Tease her? said Mrs. Abil. I think you did much more than that didn't you? Okay, fine, me and my friends mocked her and humiliated her every day. Now Janet began to break down in tears. And now I look like a human whale. That's enough, said Mrs. Abil. Take your seat. For the next half hour, the class went on like this, with everyone telling what they did in life to get here. They were all pretty much the same. Basically, they were all some popular girl or jock who made life for their classmates miserable and now they get to spend eternity on the other end of the spectrum. The bell rang, and my next class was Jim, which was taught by a burly demon named Mr. Butch. He was one of the most sadistic teachers in the whole school, and believe me, that was no small feat. All right, mortals, he said in his deep, terrifying voice. 
Today the boys will be lifting weights while the girls will play volleyball. To you this might not sound so bad, until you take into account the fact that the weights at this school literally weighed several tons, and the volleyballs were made of fire and explode after a set time, so it was really more like a lethal game of hot potato. I tried lifting one of those little mini dumbbells that ended up dislocating my shoulder, but that wasn't the worst of it. I saw this one dude who ended up getting crushed by the bench press machine, and another that actually succeeded in lifting one of the really big weights over his head with Mr. Butch's help, only for him to immediately let go and let the weight drop down, literally bending the guy in half. After gym we had a free period, which was arguably the most dangerous part of the day, because the demonic students would use this time to hunt down and torment their favorite targets. I ended up being held upside down by my ankles as two demons repeatedly dunked my head in a toilet bowl full of lava. Needless to say, by the time they were finished, my head was nothing but a blackened skull, and I had to go through the rest of the day like that. But I got off easy compared to what they usually do to the others. But you want to know the absolute worst thing that can happen to you here? Getting sent to the dean's office. Nobody really knows what happens when you get sent there, because nobody who goes in ever comes out. I've never seen the Dean, no rhyme intended, nor do I know if the Dean is male or female. Some speculate that whoever the Dean is, he or she simply devours anyone who's sent into his or her office and that soul vanishes from existence. Of course that's just a rumor, but I don't know which is scarier, the rumor itself, or not knowing whether it's true, or if something much worse awaits anybody sent to the Dean's office. You probably think that this all ends after graduation, but as I said before, this is no ordinary school. There is no graduation. We are all condemned to spend every day in this school forever. Why am I telling you all this? Because you never know when your life will end. You probably think you're going to live well into your golden years, and that might be true. But the truth is, you could die at any moment of the day, be it from a heart attack or some sort of accident. Or maybe you were bitten by something poisonous. My point is, nobody likes an a-hole, including heaven. So if you're like me when I was alive, you had best straighten out real quick. If not, well, then I guess I'll be seeing you soon enough. Thanks a ton for listening. If you like the story you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the Monsters, Maniacs, and More podcast to listen to even more original stories by the author that you can't get anywhere else. Also, you might want to check out the author's Facebook page for news and updates on upcoming episodes. Thanks again, and see you next time.